0: Skate and destroy. I love to skate. Whoa, hey, hey, you caught me. Greetings, wall jammers and curb whackers. It's me, Johnny Rad. Hey, it's been a while. 35 years to be exact. 35 long years since Tony, Mike, Tommy, Stevie, and Lance gave the Rad Man the keys to the caddy and took off from the blue-tile lounge in search of the one and the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Animal Chin. And who would have believed that over three decades later, they'd all still be out there searching every day. Still out there, up on those kicktails, ripping sex changes, right in the chin ramp. Well, me, that's who. (laughs) Yeah, the legend is still going strong. And I couldn't be happier than to be joining up with Larry Ransom and Matt Picker here at the Bones Brigade Audio Show to help the world celebrate 35 years of the search for animal chin. Oh, in case you're wondering, the caddy is still running strong. And I'm up to 200 records sold. Double urethane. So keep those nose rails in the air. Get that kick tail on the ground. Show me those ripples now.
1: oh my god that was so crazy welcome back everybody it's the bones brigade audio show matt is here matt can you believe what we just heard
2: i i cannot i cannot believe it that's probably pretty, uh gotta be one of the coolest things that i've ever heard in my life Yep. Yeah, johnny rad
1: is alive and well people you heard it here yep unreal yeah unreal So thank you, Johnny, for taking the time and sending in that message for us. It's really appreciated. And uh, we'd love to have you on uh, in the future as a proper guest for a full-blown interview. I think the the people would really love to hear that. We're releasing this episode on the 35th anniversary of the premiere of The Search for Animal Chin. I almost would like to call it a birthday in a way, you know? Animal Chin turns 35. 35 years ago tonight. Yeah, Gin premiered at the, the Mayfair world, Theater yeah. in Santa Monica.
2: The world did not know what was what was about to land on its doorstep. Yeah. Awesome. Well,
1: we don't have, uh, I don't want to waste a lot of time tonight, but uh, I want to thank everyone who kind of followed and rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts after our last episode. And if anyone hasn't done that yet, I would love for you guys to take the time to do that. That helps us out a lot it's very much
2: appreciated. Yeah, and if you uh if you skate and you like the podcast and you have friends that skate, like let them know about it you know? Yes, definitely. Tell them, yeah. Tell them to tune in, tell them to, to follow the Instagram and all that stuff. And, uh, we will be continuing to do cool stuff and, uh, you know, everyone should be a part of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Give us a share on, uh, Facebook or let, let the people know through your social media. That would be awesome. I also want to give a shout out to our buddy, Ed, who's been creating kind of the graphics for each episode for us. So shout out to Ed. Uh, We appreciate you taking the time to do that for us. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Ed. So we've got two really awesome guests coming on here in a minute. We've got uh, Vern Laird, who's a skater from Philadelphia, and now he lives in California. And he's the team manager for Bones Bearings and Anthony Pappalardo, who's an author. He's a freelance writer for a lot of publications. He's also you know, a skater, of course, and a musician. He's a man of many hats and talents. So super excited to have these guys come on in a minute and talk animal chin with us. So I think, without further ado, I think they're ready. Let's bring them on. All right, we are here with Anthony Papalardo and Vern Laird. Thanks you so much, guys, for joining us today to talk about the search for Animal Chin.
3: Oh, Absolutely yeah. stoked. Yeah, thanks for having us
1: today. We're talking about the search for Animal Chin Bones Brigade Video Three, which was originally released on VHS and Betamax in 1987 and has a running time of 60 minutes. And it premiered on May 1st. 1987 at the Mayfair Theater in Santa Monica, California. It stars Steve Caballero, Tommy Guerrero, Tony Hawk, Mike McGill, and Lance Mountain. Executive producer George Powell, screenplay by Paul Gross, associate producer Pat Darren, production designer C.R. Stesic III, director of photography is Pat Darren, art director VCJ. Music produced by Dennis Dragon, producer, director, Stacy Peralta, and edited by Stacy Peralta, Pat Darren, and Paul Gross. So that's some of the details on the video. I have a quote from Stacy Peralta I want to read about the origin of Animal Chin. Uh, and hopefully I'll read this a little better than the last time I read a quote from Stacy. So actually, there's kind of two incarnations of Animal Chin. And so here's uh, from Stacy. At the time, there were two incarnations for Animal Chin. The first, we were trying to make fun of the fact that during the time in the 80s, a lot of new companies were forming and they were making pro models for people that didn't deserve pro models at all. We decided to create a character that was so undeserving of a pro model that he, number one, didn't skateboard and number two, had never even seen concrete. That was the first Animal Chin incarnation. And somehow Animal Chin then became this Zen-like figure for a video we did. And that was the idea of, have you seen him? Like, have you found your inner peace? Have you found your inner skateboarding? It was a suggestion of something to come or maybe not. We like doing things that made people go, what on earth are they doing now? We always figured that was better than just having them turn a page. So that's kind of the evolution of the... The Animal Chin character. So I thought we'd start like we usually do about how Animal Chin video first came into our lives. So Anthony, how about you start?
3: Yeah, so I started, I'll say I started skating when I got my first real board instead of something that was like laying around my house, you know, that was in middle school. So maybe like seventh grade or something like that. There was still like the people who started skating because of Back to the Future at that time in like mid, late 80s. And uh, so there That's were some me. people- yeah, there were some people in my school not like, it wasn't like I was the only person, you know? And there was these uh these brothers and I'm gonna throw them under the bus cause they were kind of weird. And they were kind of like the gatekeepers of the skateboarding scene. Like they had a mini ramp, but you couldn't always skate it. And they were like kind of friendly, but kind of assholes, you know? And they were like, oh, you're into skating. You got to see future primitive Bones Brigade video show. And then this new one, Animal Chin, it's the best video ever, right? And I was like, cool, can you like bring it to school? And they're like, no, (laughs) it it was like, I had to search for fucking chin before I even saw it. So every Friday, my parents would, my parents were really like scared. that on the weekends I was going to get into trouble. So they would encourage me to stay home and they would be like, oh, it's Friday night. You can, uh, have friends over and rent videos. And I would usually rent like American Ninja or whatever, like action movie you're hyped on as a kid. And uh, I went to the sports section of the local video store, Video Time. And they had like, maybe like eight skate videos. And they were all cheap because they were like, they were cheaper to rent because they had uh shorter run times and they didn't have animal chin. And I was just like pretty bummed out. So I ended up getting like porkies or some shit. And the next week I went back and they had animal chin. And then I got like, it's really crazy to me that I waited. I got that and a uh, wheels of fire. I think that's the first Santa Cruz video. Yeah. And maybe like Ohio skate out or something. And so that was the first time I saw it. And to be honest, like we threw in animal chin, like me and my friend Al, and we were all stoked. Like we're seeing this thing. We're like, it's pretty awesome, but it's kind of like thrashing, but not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it kind of felt like very cinematic but like you know budget at the same time even as a kid but you're like oh it's like kitschy you know and then we put in wheels of fire and that was kind of like not to i have to talk about them because they're both my entry point like wheels of fire had the soundtrack the look you know it's still i think that one had some skits and stuff too or they go to jail maybe that's the next one yeah that one like delivered on that side that we really wanted but it was kind of cool to get both sides almost like the rock star side and then the really raw side the same afternoon you know
1: so that's a kind of a common theme that we've encountered through our previous episodes that people are renting these videos which is kind of crazy to me because none of the video stores near me really had skate videos to rent so it seems like everyone else is renting these videos
3: I unlocked what happened because I do remember asking them to get other videos. And they were like, nah, we can show you what the distributor has. We just, they just randomly would just be like, okay, sports, like a documentary on Pele and like skateboarding. Okay. We'll, we'll get a couple and see if they rent. And I was the only one renting them. And then they would show me like, they're like, oh, this one's coming in. So that's how I saw public domain, you know? So it was just, yeah. I think these like boilerplate distributors that this stuff would just end up collecting dust probably in most, most video stores.
1: Vern, how about you? Where does animal chin enter your life?
3: Let me see, I started skating July,
4: 1987. Animal Chin was already out. So the guy that uh, got me into skating, he uh, was just telling me all the stuff to like buy basically. And we had a skate shop. So we had Spike Skates in Philly. When I listened to like nine clubs and stuff like that and people talk about renting videos, I'm like, that wasn't even like an option. You know, like we had video stores, but like, you know you're just renting whatever hot movies out. Yeah, I bought actually everything, all my skate videos like everything, like I used to own all on VHS I lost a lot of stuff like moving and like storage space is getting flooded so I've lost a lot of stuff over the years but like I did have an original copy of Animal Chin that I got from Spike Skate. I don't think I got mine, like, until it was actually after the Bones Brigade demo. Like, I got into skating in July. Then there was, like, a Bones Brigade tour that came through, like, in August. And so, you know, and I'm just new to skating. So I'm like, damn, man, this shit must happen all the time. Like, there's, like, a tour. Like, like little did I know that that's, like, a special thing to, like, see a tour. I just remember seeing those guys. And then I went to the shop. And then I bought Animal Chin because that was the video that was out to this day like jesse martinez is one of my favorite skaters because he like annihilated the jump ramp like i've never seen anything like that in my life yeah but then i went back after that i was like oh they got other videos so then i saw like future primitive and then bones brigade video show like i went back to see what else pal put out but like i was still like new to like a lot of stuff so i was just trying to absorb as much as i could right
1: away matt how about you where does the search for animal chin enter your life
2: a friend of mine, I think maybe got it for Christmas or a birthday or something like that. And I I just dubbed it from them. I, I actually never owned a legitimate copy of that video until the box set came out, the DVD box set. Like it was always by handwritten tape dub. Yeah, my friend Chad had it. We all just borrowed it from him and taped it and watched it daily, reenacted it daily. <laughs> like, Nice. You know, I was that kid who was like, I'm McGill. I mean- wasn't quite like that, but like when we went out skating, like that was what was in our heads it was like, we're out as a crew, we're looking for spots, some light, live action role playing going on. Wait, a so bit. You,
3: you were the one kid who wanted to be Mike McGill.
5: I, finally <laughs> <met him>. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was out there,
2: yeah. No shade, yeah. Mike McGill. Between my friends and I, we all kind of had a collection of tapes you know nobody had like a ton of stuff like i had psycho skate and you know public domain and a few others and like chad had animal chin and i think wheels of fire and you know so on and and it would accumulate through the friend group and we'd kind of trade them out somebody would have hocus pocus somebody would have whatever down the you know what i mean And nobody could afford tapes back then anyway like nobody could afford to buy anything we just had to scrape it together
1: Nice. I actually got this one originally as a rental as well, but not from a video store. A skate shop had opened right in the spring of 87, like when Chin came out and they brought in all these videos. And like you're saying, they're expensive. No kid could afford them. And they're like, Oh, what are we going to do? So they just started running them out for like three bucks a day but I don't think that lasted too long. Cause I think people stopped bringing them back, <laughs> but I got it. I got it as a, a rental out of a skate shop. They kind of like set up their own little video rental distribution. I thought before we kind of broke down the scenes of the video, we'd talk about the box cover a little bit, the design, the colors, the photograph, I think is a pretty iconic photograph.
3: When Powell offered like the high quality download, maybe like Almost 10 years ago, I wrote an article and I got to talk to Tommy Guerrero and a couple people for that. And it was like he mentioned that as much as it was a Animal Chin was a story of this Zen idea, this metaphor, it also was kind of like a story about the team and their sort of like their trials and tribulations and like Stacy, Stacy's marketing of everyone. And I think the cover speaks to that. Like you see that cover, it's you know, movie movie posters and stuff like that used to be such an important thing like you would you see the poster for airplane and you're like fuck I need to see that you know it's, it's like the um the Seinfeld episode with uh sack lunch like how'd they get in the bag you know <laughs> yeah. and like th- that thing like if I'd seen that like pasted up around like New York City or something you, you would think they're the biggest rock stars in the world like it just looks so um it's cool I like those like washy 80 co- 80s colors too but I think it's like super super fitting and iconic.
1: It almost looks like they kind of painted over top of the photograph or something, some kind mm-hmm. of filter, which one fun fact I have about the cover. If you've seen the original photographs, Cab is wearing a damn t-shirt, but on the box cover, they like some kind of crude photoshopping. they put them in a Caballero t-shirt. So they censored, <laughs> they censored Cab's t-shirt, which I always thought was pretty interesting.
3: There's a, uh, there's going to be a lot of censoring I noticed in my notes here. Cause there's, there's a lot of uh, stuff they altered for the kids, which is pretty interesting
1: okay we'll get to that like, as we I mean we go I, along. this
4: is all like new to me i had no idea you guys are more like skate nerds than than me
1: <laughs> graphically what do you think of this box cover i don't know it's kind of the color palette's kind of like the bold album you know these primary colors
4: i feel like it's very 80s like that's all i can say is it was like just what was going on in that time period That's what it just looks like to me. Like,
3: yeah, it's very bright. It looks like Interview magazine from the '80s, which, like, you know, if you think about like Stessic, he was inspired by like magazine editorials, so it does have that, like, like you said, like that watercolor. Like, uh, it reminds me of the the other version of Walk Together, Rock Together, (laughs) with the watercolor, you know, that looks really absolutely.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, you're totally right about that. Yeah, I never thought about that before. It totally does. Some other quick fun facts
1: before we break down the scenes is, so the video was filmed in reverse order. So they actually started the first thing that filmed was they built the chin ramp and filmed that. And then they worked their way backwards to end at wallows to kind of have a little vacation in Hawaii at the end. But I've been uh, nerding out on photos, getting ready for this. And there's a photo when they're doing the camp out session after the ramp. And Stasic has the little, what do you call those things, the clacker or the time slate or whatever? You can see uh, August 1986 as the date on there. So I'm going to guess, you know, films started in August 1986, which is, is pretty fun. So let's go ahead and pop in the tape. The video starts with this is the first appearance of the animated Ripper logo at the beginning, which is pretty cool. And it was animated by Chris Buczynski, who I recognize his name. He did an illustration for the December 84 cover of Thrasher. I don't know if you know that guy. It's like a guy doing a hand plan on a barbed wire fence. Um, And I looked up Chris, what he's up to now. He's an award-winning storyboard and concept artist who's worked on Academy Award and Emmy award-winning productions. And here's something that really tripped me out. He was taught to draw by his uncle, who is... Charles Bronson no way <laughs> yeah <laughs> whose real name is Charles Buczynski but is you know his stage name is Charles Bronson which is pretty crazy but a couple of Chris's other you know he's worked on the Delta Force 976 Evil which I don't know if you guys have ever seen that one.
4: Saw oh, that one it has
1: Jim Thebo's in that movie and his character's name is Rags which is pretty interesting um, but he's worked on Murphy Brown, Tim Burton's Batman, Total Recall, Free Willy, City of Angels, Office Space, Terminator Three, Spider Man Two, Lords of Dogtown, Moneyball, and tons of stuff. What do you guys think of this Ripper intro? I love it. I think it's I think it's cool. It gets you psyched. That classic VCJ graphic turned into an animation. I love
3: it. I loved I love when Toy Machine brought it back too and did the, yeah, their that's flip right. on it.
1: Yeah that was cool. And Powell still uses it today. They've kind of, I think, updated the animation a little bit.
3: You are a serious
4: nerd. I just assumed that that Ripper graphic was like the intro to like all of them. Now I'm going to have to go back (laughs) and see how like Bones Brigade video show and like Future Primitive started.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're not on those those two. This is the first appearance of, you know, probably for the rest of the 80s. And I think it got retired at some point and then brought back in the 90s for a throwback. And then we have the opening credits and those kind of uh, mimic the, the artwork and the color palette of the, the box cover. Most of the credits cover the, the credits I kind of read a little earlier. And then we kick off to Stacy's chilling at home, eating some Chinese takeout. And he once again is tuning into Weekend Today, hosted by Bob Burbanks. And this time he has a guest, Alan Winters who is the largest manufacturer of skateboard equipment in the world. Alan Winters is played by Garrett Graham and Bob Burbanks is D. David Morin, the man who killed skateboarding, who's come up in the, in the previous episodes. I recognized Garrett Graham right away when I, when I saw this even at age 13 or whatever, because, you know, he'd be like villain of the week on the A-team or whatever, but from what I understand, they got Stacey knew uh, Garrett's talent manager, and Garrett had a nephew who skated. So he agreed to act in this part, and they kind of just ad-libbed and, and freestyled it. Um, lots of classic lines here. Dollars homeboy, death gore dismemberment. Hit me with some thoughts on this uh, reprise of Weekend today.
3: Even then, I thought the graphic was actually sick. <laughs> like like i thought that gra- and then scumco made that graphic with chromeball and i thought that was genius
2: you know paul paul actually was going to re-release that board they had they had ads out on maybe it was on instagram or on their facebook page but maybe 10 years ago and it was like october or whatever you know catalog was coming out you remember that larry i and do they, remember that but they, they had that graphic happened. yeah yeah i was so i was so excited because i'm like finally I get to skate the demon with the revolver superimposed over it or whatever. Never happened. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I also, in watching it, it made me think that only what, like about three years after this, there's the Neil Blender. Is it in one of the GNS videos where he makes fun of like, he goes through the graphics in the shop and he's saying how like the skeletons are dead or whatever. So it's like, in just a short amount of time, even the parody of what they were talking about was like, obsolete in a way um, yeah that's true but I thought it was like a super I, I loved how like blown out and overdone it was as a kid because it's I don't know it's like tension building right like it just didn't go into like the hot action it had this like you know goofy kind, it's kind of like when you're a kid and someone has a video camera like your rich friend has a video camera and you film stupid shit like oh let's let's film a skit or something like it's almost like a cooler version of that it's like what a kid would do yeah, I just thought it was
4: like a good spoof on Thrashing, like the dude who like <laughs> smash the company. Smash Skates. Yeah, Smash Skates, yeah. and you know we only sponsor the best. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's showing the wheel that bounces, and I feel like someone throws the wheel back up because like to weird yes, definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just thinking like the Smash Skates guy in Thrashing, so.
2: But it's funny because I remember as a kid listening to that guy rattle off the, you know, the death and gore and dismemberment, and it, you know, and, and he like, as all the kids things like, and I'm sitting there going, he's not wrong. Like, I love that stuff. <laughs> like, that's everything I love, skulls. And- <laughs> I,
4: was still, I was still new, like, I didn't like, dude, is this what skaters like? Because I just got off of like my BMX bike and now I'm like skating. I'm like, oh, this is what they like.
1: So, Stacy watching the show, he's finally had enough and he chucks his TV out the window and asking them if they've ever done a tail drop. And that's kind of continuing the, the smashing television theme in Powell videos. And then he s- sits back down, cracks open a fortune cookie, and his fortune reads, Have you seen him? And then we transition into the opening crawl, and I'll, I'll read that uh, and that kind of sets up who uh, Animal Chin is in this video. In the beginning, a man named Wonton Animal Chin bolted skates onto a two by four and became the first skater. He had fun, others followed, and a transportation revolution was born. But one day, dark forces began to invade the skate world. Animal Chin was forced to go underground. <laughs> and I love, who, who are these dark forces? I want to know.
4: I was like, dude, is this serious? Like, is this for real? Because at the time, like, I like I said, I don't know. I just started skating, and I was like, whoa, this is crazy movie. And uh, I just like I just recently watched it. And I'm like, man, this is so cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're 13, you're like, you're like, yo, this is crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. To me, it's a reality show. Like, this is everything I'm seeing is real, and it's just being presented to me like it's a documentary. You know.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel yeah. like they they weren't thinking that it was gonna be like like me. It was my first video, so like I could have walked away being like, "Yes, you know, skateboarding was invented by Wanton Animal Chin." Getting, <laughs> yeah. getting it wrong on uh, Jeopardy, you know, and, yeah. Uh, or like like all the stuff they're saying, like like you because you mimic all the stuff when you're a kid, and like what a clown you'd look like if you were like at a session. It's like, bro, did you just like shaglink your shin? Like something be like. <laughs> yeah idiot
1: <laughs> yeah I mean thinking about I had the uh have you seen him?" shirt you know that big huge bold graphic and I was in social studies class in eighth grade and I was wearing it and it was striking enough that the teacher saw it and he stopped his lecture and he was just like I need to know what your shirt's all about and I was just like it's this guy he invent. he's this is the inventor of skateboarding he's missing and you know all the skaters are looking for him Made me stand up like and kind of like show the class my shirt. So oh, yeah, I was just like, yeah, this is this is real.
2: I will say, I, I have a feeling that the dark forces did me like had meaning behind it, you know. I, I have because the whole you know,
1: companies or something,
2: yeah, like taking you know companies or people who are trying to take you know, we're trying to take skateboarding and turn it into something that was not to the root, you know, like the whole because the whole point of chin is like the search for fun and like keeping it pure and doing what you know what i mean like the purity (laughs) of what what skateboarding is all about and i think the dark forces were like the big companies coming in and the pepsis and the whatever's you know what i mean like trying to turn it into something like that's that's a good
3: point that's a good point because It was kind of like when hip-hop got big and then all of a sudden, you know, in the 80s, every commercial, like, it would be, like, Miracle Whip and it'd be, like, I'm a guy who eats sandwiches and I'm here to say, you know, like, (laughs) every fucking commercial. And they would do the same thing, like, after skateboarding got big, say, like, after that, big for whatever, the second or third time, it was, like, in every corny commercial, there'd be some, like, weird version of, like, a skateboarding teddy bear. That kind of track, that tracks that's probably, like, you know, granted, we're reading into it, but that's what the the whole thing's about right
1: so yeah i think around that time you know you had like nash took out those full page product shot ads in transworld do you guys remember those you yeah know, like there was in-
2: like five in every episode or every issue i mean yeah there was like lots so, of them so it could yeah.
1: be you know commenting on that too you know like these toy companies are coming in and trying to outsell us or whatever
4: yeah with that executioner graphic man yeah right on target
1: <laughs> yeah and then we've also got a little new newscaster segment telling a story that, you know, Animal Chin is missing, what it's going to mean to the sport if he never returns. And the newscaster, I got, I get curious about everybody, so I have to search him out. Matt and I looked her up the other day, Michelle Merker, and uh, she's currently the the management of uh, programming distribution at PBS, and she's won Emmy Awards. And she has three acting credits to her name, and they're, she's only played newscasters, <laughs> <laughs> which is really bizarre. Typecast. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And she mentions, you know, later Ted Koppel is going to, you know, have a story about Animal Chin. So, you know, we're watching ABC because Ted Koppel and Nightline were on NBC. So that's what channel we're watching. The map behind her looks like in school when the chalkboard would have those maps, those big world maps that would pull down. So that's what it looks like. And then you get a little more text that I'm going to read it. Hardcore skaters mourned his absence and true believers sought out the missing master. Among these seekers were a group known as the Bones Brigade. They knew the only place to find a hardcore skater was at a hardcore skate spot. And they began their search in Hawaii at a place called Wallows. And then we, we cut to Wallows. And I think this is a great kind of visually striking looking location to, to start off the video.
3: Yeah, start it, start a good video off with spot porn that's the way to do it (laughs) yeah
1: there you
5: go dude
3: when you see that as a kid like the first thing i thought was like where would i find anything comparable to that and it seems so unattainable you know Mm -hmm. and uh it's like how could you not get psyched seeing that right off right from the jump you know like some exotic location everyone's ripping everyone's got jordan's because nike sent them the box way back then It's a really cool way to start. And uh, one little thing I learned in doing a little reading is that uh, Tony Hawk got a staph infection from it. Yeah. (laughs) Skating there, which is really gnarly. It looks so gross. Yeah,
1: Um, because it's just like a drainage ditch. So it's definitely not sanitary.
3: Vern, you ever skate there? No, man.
4: It's still like on my agenda. And Mm -hmm. like, if I ever go there, I'm going to have like an OG setup like that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I know like from what everyone's told me, it's super rough. So you need like big soft wheels Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's definitely not as easy to skate as those guys made it look. That's, that's all I've heard from everyone who's ever been there.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, they're ripping dude. They're going wild on these things for, you know, what they say. It's like hard to skate and it's like skating on sandpaper. And if you slam, you're going to get messed up, but these guys are going wild.
3: I couldn't figure out like, how they would kind of like snap those early grabs and get so high. After you watch it, you're like, oh, that's what you do. And you go out, you try to do it in a curb cut and like eat shit in your yard, you know? And like watching it again, I'm like, it doesn't look clunky. They're really they're really ripping. And speaking of curb cuts and Thrashing, I wanted to tie this in. One of the only claims to fame in one of the towns I grew up in, Salem, New Hampshire, is that uh, Chrissy from Thrashing, the love interest was from the town, Pam Gidley. So when I got into skating she had a del- dude, she lived in this, like an RIP. She passed away a few years ago, but she lived in this like very typical, like one level ranch house, like suburban ranch house, but she definitely caked up and she had a fucking DeLorean in front of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, we- and there was a curb cut. You would like me and my like dumb young head brain. I'm like, Oh, if I like Ollie in front of the house, she's going to come out and think I'm really sick. You know, like 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 she actually cares about skateboarding or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or or likes men. I'm making a bunch of assumptions here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, that was like, and I'm gonna add one more nerdy detail. There was a stop sign in front of her house, and there was a big black sticker on the stop sign. I'll never forget it. So a lot of uh there's something magic about that intersection, I guess.
2: That's awesome. (laughs) I
1: I love that she just cashed her thrashing check and got a DeLorean. That's pretty amazing. But yeah, talking about snapping some of those early grabs, there's like McGill does a fast plant at one point, and I watched, it, you know, a couple of days ago, I was just like, how does how is this even happening? But it's pretty crazy.
4: I'm still impressed with it because I did just watch it, and I was just like, man, there's so many early grabs. I think at the time I thought they were just owling into them or something, or like maybe I thought that was just like normal. And I'm like, I'm gonna go and learn it, but like I had nowhere to like learn it. And then I realized I was also like probably 60 pounds at the time. I couldn't even like do tricks on my BMX bike. That's why I quit that. Like there's no way I'm going to lift myself and a skateboard off the ground.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think Tony is doing a lot of ollies though. I know I like that part where there's like a hole in the wall and he ollies
2: over that. I think that's really cool. I remember seeing that as a kid is he gonna go over is he gonna carve over that thing front side like you yeah know, is it, which is even cooler
3: i mean they're flying too that's like what uh because whatever you, <laughs> i hadn't watched it in a while and i'm like dude these dudes are balls out on this thing they're not like they're not power sliding that much they're like really going for it. it's it, it's pretty awesome and if uh yeah it's like one of those things it's it it got me psyched <laughs> you know i was like shit i'm gonna go skate later
1: <laughs> yeah and I think after this video came out, I mean, wallows must've been ingrained in so many kids' heads that sometimes when I'd find out about a spot, I had two people that would describe a spot to me, like, dude, it's just like wallows, you know? And I'd be like, Oh my God, this is going to be insane. And then I would get there and it's, you know, it's just a tiny little embankment, nothing like, you know, it's nothing like wallows pretty iconic spot, super way to start the video. And then they kind of cruise out to a, You know, let's go deal some meal, Tommy says. And you know I'm getting hungry, boneheads. And then they have a what do we call this? Like a tiki bar, tiki restaurant kind of <laughs> kind of vibe. And they're hanging out. And this is actually a little set built in Craig Stescik's backyard. They filmed it. <laughs> and you know there's that classic line. You know where are we going to go next? And Lance says Wallows, and everyone laughs, and it's really funny. But they hadn't even been there yet because it's filmed in re- reverse order. So that's like the big the big gag. But you know they of course they have to pretend like they just had that session.
2: <laughs> Pretty funny. also the uh let's go deal some meal part is definitely like a uh throwback a nod to endless summer the box of the uh endless oh summer yeah Surf the video the
1: sun, they kind of skate yeah. along the beach the sunset yeah, yeah and they do like, a whole. one of them's got the own...
2: board on his board on his head and that's just like the or endless, over his shoulder or something yeah else. it's like endless yeah. summer yeah yeah
1: when you see him here in this scene I, uh tony's mcsqueeb is just like in full effect and i think you know this is the first time kids across America get a look at this haircut and that kind of started the McSqueeb craze
3: <laughs> the other the other thing uh I don't know about you guys but I kind of feel like Tommy Guerrero is the main character like he leads all the scenes you know like he always has a first line of dialogue he's always like we should do this we should do that it's like it's yeah, kind of it's kind of yeah. funny that he's like leading man of a uh, animal chin
1: he wants to get it over with and everyone's being goofy but he's probably like let's just get through this real quick so he's trying to lead them through it or something
3: i also liked in watching it that uh mcgill look he he's dressed like he's at like margaritaville or something like everyone else is just kind of chilling and he's got like a lay on and a floral shirt and shit. it's pretty it's pretty awesome
1: that's cool he's got his after session clothes on yeah and then the, the chopstick song or whatever, where they're like playing on the plates and stuff. It's pretty, pretty interesting. But Tommy mentions, uh, hey, we should go to uh, San Francisco and continue our search for chin there. Then we uh, skip over to the maps to the skaters home scene. And they meet up with uh, Rob Fladen, aka Orb. You know, they let them know they're looking for chin. Orb gives them a big blow up globe map lets them know it's the maps of the old time skaters home and it'll it'll bring them good luck and and off they go into in the streets of san francisco to start looking
2: definitely the first time i ever saw misfits crimson ghost skull for sure was cab's shirt in this in this scene oh yeah for sure yeah i mean that was awesome i was like what is that there's also a a car there?
1: Do you notice it's like a Cadillac mm-hmm. or something? So that's kind of like another Powell video, you know, more of these classic cars. So I'm guessing set production by Stesic or something.
3: I just remember being blown away. Like I was like, man, skaters are gnarly. This dude doesn't even have teeth. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Again, it's just so over the top that it's like as corny as it is, it's classic too. You know, like the scene comes on and you're like, oh yeah, Buck Chin, the realtor. Like you, you know all this shit in your head. <laughs> and then, I mean, then it goes into like probably my favorite part, like the next two parts are my favorite parts of the entire video. Cause it's like, I hadn't seen much skateboarding at all in action. Right. And street skating, even just thumbing through magazines looked the most exciting. And like now I'm seeing it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like. First time I see China banks might be like the first footage of China banks and like you know, what is it? Like that video just came out with like T Funk who uh, in the cover thrash. Just like, gonna oh, say it. Yeah. Insane. And then so gnarly. They skate embarcadero. Like Tony has a first clip in that section of Embarcadero. And I thought i, w- I thought back, I'm like, is that the first time embarcadero was on video? But it wasn't because Curb Dogs came out the year before.
1: There you go. And they
3: skate it there, which is like insane. Yeah. The, I want to comment on the music though. Like, especially when they're looking around, you know, they're like, and they talk to that dude with with the caballero board with the super sick mullet and they go by the barbershop and all that. Yeah, The music sounds like an 80s movie where like someone whose wife was killed is like looking for clues. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It has yeah. that like crime th- thriller vibe, which like yeah, maybe once or twice you'd be psyched, where you're like, come on, give me the faction. Give me some, like, it's a lot of that, like Miami Vice, like guitar rocker. I don't know. It gets a little tedious, but it's rad in that part. Cause it it is like, they're literally searching for clues and it has that vibe of like uh like I said, like an eighties thriller. That first section is is so killer.
1: Yeah. You mentioned them stopping at that barbershop window and asking the guy, if he sees Chen, <laughs> I was watching it last night and he's, just massaging the heck out of that guy's head like violently (laughs) massaging this guy's head i was just like what kind of barbershop is this
4: well yeah it's funny because i think the music had to be cheesy because they're trying to make it like a movie so Mm -hmm. it kind of just fit with like the whole theme it's like they're making a score for like Mm -hmm. the movie you know it's not a skate video like when i went back and watched you know bones brigade video show i was like "Dude, this is sick all this punk music now it's just like everything was created specifically for the movie but i didn't even know anything about like maps to the skaters homes where that reference came from until like i went to la and like you see
5: yeah.
1: people
4: selling the <laughs> maps to the stars homes and like it clicked like a million years later
1: also during this part is uh, we kind of get a, an actual visual of animal chin. You kind of see like a silhouette shadow that's kind of like cross dissolved or I don't know how you would describe that. And that's actually uh, Craig Stesic in, in the outfit skating in San Francisco.
4: I did know that. That was my one nerd fact. I do. <laughs> yeah.
1: So Craig Stesic is animal chin. And then they uh, <laughs> transition into I'll call it the wall ride hand plant launch ramp segment and their the brigade is joined by Jim Thebo and Jesse Mart Martinez and uh they skate up to the Richmond playground with I think it's uh Bryce Knight's launch ramp and uh for a wall ride session and this is pretty awesome to see the highlight for sure is Thebo's insane frontside wall rides I thought it was also interesting they show that kind of Tony Hawk mess up where he like sits on his board and he's like looking at his hand. That gives you like, you know, breaking the fourth
2: wall kind of kind of vibe. It was awesome. how I mean, that he was able to come out of it like that. Yeah.
4: I still suck at frontside wall rides. In my mind, I'm like, Nodis, Jim Thiebaud, they're like the OG dudes that are like good at frontside wall rides. And I'm like, dude, I can't do it. You know, like, not like legit. I could do it, but they suck. They just don't look <laughs> like how I want it to look.
2: I don't think I'd seen many wall rides up to that point in my life. I mean, I'd seen some, and but they were mostly backside. But yeah, Thebo, man, those frontside ones, like all the way to the top, come straight down, land flat. Like that was insane. That was yeah. crazy to watch. Yeah. It was mind-blowing at that point in time to see something that massive. Because those other dudes were doing it. You know, those other guys were getting up there too, but he was, he owned that spot
3: everyone else looks super dated and his fit looks like you're like you could run that today like it's not bad at all <laughs> and, and jesse martinez like that's the first time you see him right he's in that he just looks mean he looks so oh rad. yeah he does like, yeah <laughs> he's just got a hoodie on he looks like he like my murky like that shit is awesome yeah. the, the other thing too is like being a kid and watching this and not knowing shit they tell you who's in the bones brigade in the beginning right you're like who are these other cats and like I think I knew who Thibault was just from like magazines or something. I'm like, is he, are these other dudes on like, are they on Powell? How does this work? Like I didn't, I wasn't aware there's was like a hierarchy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it gets more confusing later when you see people that you definitely know are on Powell, but that's really cool. You know, in retrospect that you get this entire snapshot of skating, but I probably watched that thing. 20 times before I realized like, oh, these students do skate for Powell. They're just not in the, the beginning titles. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I had no idea who those guys were. I didn't know. I, I really had no idea. I didn't know that was Thebo and Jesse Martinez. I really didn't know.
1: Yeah. Because there's no, you know, they don't yeah. pop people's names on the screen, like yeah. in later skate videos every yeah. time. Yeah. But after the wall rides, we have a hand plant circle. And I, th- I think Thebo and Jess the Mess are the highlights there as well debo has got that crazy, like, very old hand flip thing. And you see Lance kind of freak out, being like, oh, my God, that was crazy.
3: Could you imagine trying to explain that to younger kids now? Like, breakdancing's still around, so it's not, like, that weird to be like, no, you'd, like, stand in a circle, and then people go in. But, like, <laughs> you would never see kids in, like, Tompkins Square Park, like, in a circle, and, like, someone goes in and does, like, a, like a hard flip. But that's, what, <laughs> that's <laughs> what it was. And you'd be, like, watching that thing. Especially it's got like the jazzy, like upbeat music, you know, you're like, oh man, I wish I had the body strength to do that. I'm going to fold like a fucking stuffed animal when I try it, but it looks so cool. I also think too, when you're like at that time, like any kind of subculture thing, you were such a loser in your head. You're like, yeah, I don't know, man. If I went down to the, I went down to the pier and did some hand plants, someone's going to think I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then they go to some launch ramping at the Palace of the Fine Arts in Golden Gate Park. And I think that's kind of a really cool-looking location. Those huge like marble columns, or and uh, there they're also joined by uh, Doug Smith and Bryce Knights.
4: It's funny because that whole scene like Anthony just said like that was super impactful for me because I broke my wrist trying to learn how to wall ride that was my first skate injury didn't know how to come off the wall and like came off super quick put my hand down snapped my wrist had to start high school in the cast and it took me like a year it's like every day for a year and I finally tried to figure out how to like make it and it's like dude now I made it and it's like broke my shit and then like all the street plants same shit like i'm like damn i want to learn all these and like i would do them in the grass for some reason (laughs) like i don't know why like as if it's going to make it easier or something but like
3: or maybe i thought if i fell over i'm like oh i'm just gonna land in the grass yeah softer i was so happy when hand plants were cut (laughs) when it was like oh shit hand plants aren't in anymore i don't have to try to do this shit fall on my head and get fucked up like i was i was to the moon dude same with jump ramps because they would just shred your knees you know
4: yeah like all that that whole section i'm like i'm gonna learn all these tricks and like uh, yeah by the time i learned them they were like old as fucking dated. <laughs> no one was doing that stuff
3: yeah after that video i remember i built a jump ramp with some wood that i like cobbled together and it sucked like i almost <laughs> lost my neck trying to learn to ollie off it like tommy guerrero because it was so flimsy <laughs> I hit my tail so hard that it just made the thing go over. Oh yeah, like, I almost died, you know what I mean? But uh, probably wasn't going fast enough. It was like, but anyways, but I remember being at school and being like, come by Saturday, I'm going to bring out the lawn ramp. And all these different groups of people came. So there was like, like all of a sudden you hear wheels around the corner and like the Hessians came. Cause like all the, he- there were some Hessians who skated kind of cause maybe they liked anthrax or something. And then there was like some people that ended up quitting, like that we called the chameleons because they wouldn't wear skate shit to school. You know, they would dress, <laughs> they would dress like preppies so people wouldn't make fun of them. Then they like, as soon as like 330 hits, they got like a fucking beret on and shit. And they're like a totally different dude. <laughs> and, uh, and like all those people showed up and they're all just, it was like my first, uh, it was like my first real letdown. Like I'm all proud. I got this ramp and they're like, that's it. Transition all wrong. This thing sucks. And like I ended up just using it as like uh I put coping on it and used it just for like a quarter pipe. Changed changed it up because like it they were right, like you needed to have that launch ramp that, that sent you like that, like you got to build it like the dimensions like your man did, that shit will send you like this thing was just, it was basically like a wedge ramp with a little bit in it, you know?
1: Also during this part, uh, there's like a girl taking photos with a camera and there's like tourist dad with the VHS camera. And I was like, like where, you know, are these photos just in this girl's like shoebox in the closet for 35 years? Or where's this, like, what does this dad have on VHS somewhere? Like, does it even still exist?
3: Someone's got to be able to find it. That'd be insane.
1: Yeah, we got to um, get skate forensics on that.
3: Yeah, check uh, like Tony Hawk tagged photos way back. Facebook like 2008, maybe you'll find them.
1: Yeah, someone <laughs> brought them out a little while ago.
3: You know, one thing, one thing I want to say is uh, I got real nerdy about about this section I remembered I was like, did Mike Carroll say he was there at that session or something? And actually, so I found this interview and I, I wanted to bring it up. So he said, that's not Golden Gate Park. It's the exploratorium near the marina.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
3: That like museum, like this outdoor area is pretty insane, incredible looking. But I thought like my whole life, I was like, oh yeah, it's gold. Why, why wouldn't it be Golden Gate Park? You know yeah. what I mean? But it's actually like this other section that they would like go session and then he also talked about how that was the first video he remembered um because you know because tommy being from sf that there was rumors that they were filming a movie and he's like you know it felt like five years but they probably only filmed for about six months or something Mm -hmm. but it felt like this big thing's gonna happen Powell's putting out a movie they're filming for a movie yeah so I thought that was really rad.
1: Yeah, I think I heard a story. Uh, I think it was Aaron Mesa where, you know, he heard like, they're going to be at EMB tomorrow. So like the whole, every skater in town shows up at EMB. And then like the Bones Brigade kind of cruised up. And then they're, you know, before anyone saw them, they're like, we're out, we're out, you know, like we'll come back a different time. <laughs> but after this jump ramp session, this is the classic uh, milk carton scene with Tommy and Mike McGill. Because, you know, after skating, you want to just go down a, you yeah. know, a half oh, gallon of milk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but this is where we
1: see the missing, you know, they notice the missing children ad. On the side of the milk carton which just made me think like man this was like a real thing you'd be having like cereal on saturday morning while you're eating cartoons and right there on the milk carton was like a, an ad of a missing child it's just you know you don't see that anymore but it's just like kind of sad in a way like a bummed me out like thinking about these missing children on uh, these milk
2: cartons yeah like another thing that would make zero sense to, to somebody young watching this today like, no, you know, they'd be like, what the hell is that all about? Like, yeah, why is no there one like even, a- They wouldn't know the reference, you know,
3: no, no, no one even fucking drinks milk anymore. It would be on like yeah. uh, your Oatly or something like <laughs> kids don't drink milk. That's weird.
1: But they figure out the area code is a Bakersfield, California phone number. And they decide, you know what, we should go to Bakersfield. Chris has a ramp there. And off they go. And this is this really great, like, high-energy downhill skate session that's really awesome. So this is where you see, like, all the downhill stuff. You see EMB, wall rides, skating ledges. The follow cam stuff is, is super impressive, knowing, you know, how big that video camera was at the time, like the recorders in a backpack. And then Stacy's holding this, this big camera.
3: The thing that stands out in that part, it's like, in my memory, is the. Tommy Guerrero doing the ride on five zero on the
5: dude, yes. Stair,
3: you're like I could probably do that, you know. Like you, you figured like that's not too ill. I could recreate that. You're not doing it like him, (laughs) yeah. And it just like I don't know. It was that it was like introducing. It was like introducing this idea of like it's not it's not always about spots. It's like stuff you hit along the way, and then you'd try to like you know going in between our bummy little spots. You'd try to do that stuff too, you know. Most of the time. You end up on your ass because everything you're trying to skate isn't waxed or worn in mm-hmm. but in your head you're like yeah i'm gonna try to do this thing those are the parts that, like in watching it now you put it all together of like how that changed how you looked at things
2: also the caballero does like a ollie like 180 and he grinds on that small little ledge like it fake he like grinds fakie and then 180s out you remember that yeah that was that was completely yeah i was
1: gonna mention the ledges so now you're seeing um you know they're hitting ledges and not just curbs So you're kind of seeing the progression of the height that you know you can take the tricks up higher on the different size obstacles so skateboarding's getting you know more off the ground so you're seeing some progression here from the previous videos
4: i have always been in love with sf man like tommy made that place look
1: fun so then they end up in uh bakersfield california and you learn that rule one is never to do a nose picker with a coper
4: never skated copers in my life extra weight on the board man
1: i don't think i ever tried a nose picker with a coper but if i had copers at that point in time i would have been like i gotta get these off you know like i'm just (laughs) taking everything so literally in this video you know
4: From what I've learned from living in California now for 20 years is Bakersfield could look like any neighborhood in Southern California where every house looks exactly the same.
5: <laughs> yep.
4: <laughs> 10 house with a Brown roof.
1: <laughs> yeah. How hard could that be? Tony gets up on uh, Mike McGill's shoulders, you know, no time for leapfrog. And then they finally find where Chris Boris is, And then they cut away to like this, like long shot of a, uh, uh, the ramp a couple times and if you notice one of the skaters riding the ramp is actually tony hawk so he's like no they're skating over there and then they
2: cut to the ramp and it's tony like riding the ramp well we got to talk about one other thing though and that's that i you know there was some there was some noted tension between mcgill and lance mountain during the filming of this movie like it's been sort of talked about like when they were building the chin ramp those two got into it a few times I think those dudes were beefing when they filmed this part where they rolled up and he got on the shoulders. Cause if you watch McGill does this thing with his hands, like it's gotta be here. It's gotta be here. And he kind of waves his hands. And if you watch mountain in the background, he's just like, him, (laughs) yeah. Like, and it doesn't look like it was, it doesn't look like it was done as a joke. Like it was like, I'm, I'm over this dude right now, you know?
3: (laughs) The other thing I trip on and I was like, are they trying to be funny? I'm like, why is the tallest dude getting on someone's shoulders?
1: Like, should it be the yeah, other, there you go. Shouldn't be the other way around, but all right. Anyways, he's probably the lightest dude, I guess. Maybe yeah. <laughs> McGill's probably the strongest. <laughs> so they get the to, to Chris Borse house and uh, Ray Underhill greets him at the gate, man. They really amp up the the comedy for this part. This is like a classic, you know, backyard ramp session lots of people hanging out. They're cooking, you know, the grill's going, there's girls hanging out. But uh, in this part, we have Chris Boris, Ray Underhill, Bobby Reeves, Adrian DeMaine, Lori Rigsby, Donnie Griffith, and Kevin Lambert, plus the the Bones Brigade guys that show up. You know, there's all that classic, you know, I got sound effect talk, like should glank my shoulders, biff my shin.
2: Backside alley party at my house.
1: Backside alley. You know, I like Beethoven. Uh, (laughs) You got to push with your arm. It's just like everything is like instant classic quotable line.
3: Yeah. Like half of me was like, is this what it's like every day in Southern California? Or like, I don't even know really the difference, like. There's a lot of time traveling happening in this video.
5: You know what I mean? Like,
3: like I didn't really, I thought like, I thought San Francisco as a kid had the same climate as Southern California. Like, (laughs) I didn't know you couldn't go in the water. You know what I mean? You're just like, whoa, I guess like every, every day, there's just like a bunch of people grilling and chilling and girls and (laughs) hanging out and little kids. It's just like a very bizarre. And there's that, like, uh, they show the, the grip tape that said build ramps, not bombs. Yep. You know? I love
2: that. I used to write that on my grip tape. I used to try to bring, do that.
5: Bring it back. They should yeah. bring it back. Sick. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I don't think it ever w-
4: really went anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, wars yeah, and bombs going down. Like, we can, can run that for the rest yep. of our lives.
1: A couple other classic parts. Lance, you know, slams off the ramp and his head pops off. <laughs> you know, they ask him if it was a bad slam. He's like, oh, don't even worry about it. It's all good. Chris Borst puts on those hockey goalie pads and, and takes a run. looks like pretty silly.
3: So the Lance, the Lance thing, so my friends and I were conflicted because I I interpreted it. I was like, oh, he slammed so hard. His body went under the ground because it looks so shitty. I'm like, no, <laughs> idiot. His head popped off. I'm like, oh, I probably watched it for a month getting like a different vibe off it. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, I'll be honest with you. I thought the same thing. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Don't feel bad. Yeah, yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, he went into the ground, and his head's the only thing sticking out. <laughs>
4: yeah, I seriously thought the same thing for like the longest time. So oh, you're not so, alone. There now. you go, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah.
2: Don't feel bad.
4: Don't feel bad.
1: They do a pretty good job, you know, when they show just like Lance's head, but they have you can see like they put the sneakers like in frame, so it looks like people are standing right there. They do a pretty.
2: They did an awesome job with that. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was well done.
1: Yeah. Hollywood magic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. also definitely the first time I ever heard in this video in this part was the first time I ever heard the word sick used as cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, that's sick for sure. The first time I ever, cause I remember we, we kind of like started laughing, like what, what's that? Like sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: that's like the most normal line though like the whole i
2: know (laughs) i know i know i know but i just remember that i remember going like oh that's that's a word for cool or yeah Yeah. that's like calling something bad but
1: it's good you know it's good yeah yeah
2: oh man that's sick
1: but my favorite thing in this part is the girl unsnapping the strap on mcgill's helmet and she's like is that better? And he's like, oh, a lot better. But I'm just like, oh my God, that is the best thing. Can you imagine?
2: You know, cause Mike is like legit. He's sitting there trying to like hit on this girl and then they got, they swing the camera around. Yeah, like ask her if she ask her if she knows where Chin is or whatever. And she's like, "Who?" She's like, uh.
1: But that part ends with him doing a Mick Egg, which is like super sick, like the flipped upside down eggplant. It's pretty awesome.
4: Definitely, when I started skating, girls didn't think skaters were cool. So I was like, "Man, these guys got girls at the at the ramp! Like, what the hell? Like, there ain't no girls thinking this shit's cool. Like what I'm doing, like." like oh man you better do something else Like, get a basketball or something what the hell are you doing with that skateboard
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was also like 12 years old and covered in zits and i didn't look like ray underhill at that point okay. in time that's for sure you know <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah ray dude you got i mean you got to give it to ray like yeah rest he, in he, peace yeah for sure but he uh he was the uh i mean he was the focal point of that that section for me it was just the listening to him riff I thought it was great. I loved it.
3: He wasn't camera shy, that's for sure. That dude like no perfect on camera. He was just going for it. He looked a little like uh pre-amped up for sure, man.
1: Yeah, he's yeah, a ha- handsome man. gentleman. Yeah, McSqueeb
3: was flowing too on him. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His was sicker, dude. That's like the A plus McSqueeb.
1: So they uh, start heading out of Bakersfield and they cruise by a bunch of 7-Elevens and they come across a gig poster for a Johnny Rad show in Las Vegas. And they decide they better, you know, head to Vegas because Johnny's going to know where Chin is. Tony, Mike, come here. <laughs> <laughs> here. Yeah, pretty funny stuff. So then, uh, you know, Vegas must be pretty far away. So they check into the Pink Motel for the night. They ask the proprietor, Monty Tamuka. I hope I'm saying that right. You know, they ask him if they have a pool and he's, you know, sorry guys, you know, the pool's kind of out of service, doesn't have water. And now they're psyched. We want to skate the pool. We don't want to swim in the pool. So they get permission to go ride in the uh, in the pool at the Pink Motel. Lots of slow-mo in this part. It kind of reminds me of the pool, pool cleaning part in Future Primitive kind of has that vibe, slow-mo pool skating.
2: Yeah. You know what I love, though? I I love about that. This scene leading up to this is they when they they see the they're still in Bakersfield or they're somewhere in California where they when they see the poster for Johnny Rad and the Air Jordans. But there's literally no information on it whatsoever. (laughs) Except Johnny Rad and the Air Jordans and and like the Blue Tile Lounge. But there's no I just thought that was hilarious. Like no date, no city, (laughs) no address, no time, no nothing. It's just like and they're like oh sweet let's go to vegas we'll skate to las vegas from bakersfield and see johnny's gig at some point in time that's not on the poster that doesn't say when and when it's happening well maybe he must have like a
1: residency in las vegas so if you know johnny's gigging he's he's just always in in vegas you know yeah there you go
2: (laughs) playing at the auto parts store or whatever the auto garage
3: the uh that dude monty definitely holds the title as. the worst actor in the entire thing. He couldn't get a line off. Everything he says, he flubs a little bit.
5: It's yeah, kind of, like the, I even
3: noticed it as a kid. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's the most
1: <laughs> kind of clunky acting part in
2: in the whole video.
3: That part has a sick Miami Vice music too. Yeah,
5: <laughs>
2: yeah. My favorite part about that is when they go out to the ramp and they go out to the bowl, and McGill just comes off his board. Like I don't know what he's doing. He tries to skid to a stop, and he just loses it. And it just goes flying. Yeah, it flies, and he the just the kind bowl. of comes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He saves a, it though. He
2: just kind of does like, and I meant to do that?"
1: They must have skated the pool during the daytime too, because there's a couple Powell ads that came out of that. And then Hawk is on the cover, of the October '86 Thrasher skating that pool. You know, there you can tell they all got the same gear on and stuff, so they must have rode it during the day and then had to wait till nighttime. The the film Lance has those crazy like superimposed reactions up in the corner.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> he's going wild in that in that part. Yeah, you got to wonder, like, what were they, what what was the, like, how did they come up with that? Like, we'll just film this, we'll film this shot from back so we can see the sky and then we're going to superimpose like Lance Mountain as like God <laughs> or something up in the sky, just like <laughs> making these weird sounds and weird faces. It's so great. The part where he does like the kissy face thing
3: yeah, this is the psychedelic is the psychedelic as Apollo video gets is like yeah. the next the next as we keep going, it gets a little weirder. you know when they start getting like straight edge drunk, you know, when you're really tired
1: when yeah. you're a kid yeah.
3: <laughs> you're basically yeah. like drunk tired. Yeah, that's like the vibe. You're like sleep over tired.
1: After the pool, we transitioned to the hotel room. Looks like they ordered some pizzas and they're hanging out. This is where you get Bunsen over the Junsen, the nightmare <laughs> air,
2: you know, Tony Ollie in the fence at Del Mar. I love how they just had this this sick trick like on tape and they're like, We have to get this in the video somehow.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, what are we gonna do? Like yeah Doesn't, you guys got
1: to set up this fake like dream sequence kind right. of thing so we can use this clip. and you gotta
4: pad up for your dream
5: yeah. <laughs> like, so good.
1: <laughs> and then you know it's time for lights out skaters check in then pass out and then this is when we kind of get the slam section so you know you got to have a slam section so they turn it into like a like a bad dream nightmare type part there's something super awesome lance ollie's the gons gap and slams yeah Yeah, that's really cool that's pretty wild there's also uh some i think a clip or two from police academy four so they must have filmed kind of around the same time for that which is uh pretty interesting to see and more of the psychedelics, like Lance is popping out of that cardboard box, like on the skateboard. Like, yeah, just, dude,
3: just that's what my nightmares stuff. look like. That's yeah, just fucking, still terrifying.
2: Yeah. Well, there's a, uh, there's a, a, I think at least one shot from the chin ramp in there as well, where where Mike gets his board stuck between his legs. Yeah, mm-hmm. th- and they pause it in he midair. Up. Yeah. yeah, that's chin ramp. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The
3: part yeah, that was. destroyed me watching yeah. that was like, there's one reaction of a. The, Mike McGill he's got, he's got like water on his face to look like he's sweating, <laughs> he's sweating <laughs> it looks yeah. so shitty it's awesome
2: dude that part where his truck comes off like his, I don't know I mean, if his kingpin just popped out or what the hell happened but his truck turns totally yeah. sideways at Wallows at Wallows like, oh my yeah
1: God. oh
3: speaking of uh, kid editing so what I learned about this part is that when they're doing the like board on your feet on the bed shit someone did a kickflip and they're all hyped on it and Stacy's like we can't put that in there some kid's going to get hurt. yeah,
1: It's going to flip off and, you know, some hit someone's gonna head or something. Some kid's going to take one of the teeth. Yes. Yeah. He was like,
3: and they were bummed on it. They, I thought that was really funny of like the censoring, you know? Yeah. Tone, tone <laughs>
1: down the bed skating. It's too extreme. Yeah. <laughs> so then the next morning, Monty takes them outside to like this behind the motel and there's all these old cars. He gives them a 59 Cadillac and they... Immediately jump into uh, modification mode, turn it into a, a convertible. There's some more, like all of a sudden the word gelling like comes into my life. This is something. If something's happening slow, now you're gelling. Like jellies move slow, I guess.
4: I've never used that word in my life.
1: Fern, come on, dude.
4: <laughs> <Jelling>. <laughs> what the hell? is gelling like I know I heard it in the movie but I'm like I don't even know I didn't I didn't put it back I couldn't put it together I'm like yeah. the fuck does that mean gelling <laughs> <laughs> well that's
2: dude that scene where like Tony's sitting against the car and he says that you could tell like that dude did not want any he just hated he didn't want to be there at all
1: sitting, <laughs> sitting out in the sun where they're cutting yeah, his car
2: like there's a couple of scenes that they show of him sitting there and he just like looks miserable. <laughs>
1: I'm kind of blown away they cut the tail fins off that car. I don't know. Kind of like
4: what was that for? Like you could just (laughs) put the (laughs) boards in the trunk, also.
1: Yeah. They gotta gotta
2: display them (laughs) while they're driving on the road.
1: I almost think Stesic wanted the tail fins for like an art piece. He was gonna like weld them into something or you know, display (laughs) them in a in a gallery or something. So that's why they ended up doing that. But that's pretty interesting that I didn't even know you could just cut up a car like that. We're just going to chop the top off and it would be
3: come on, man. You saw thrashing. They did a oh, year thrash, before. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Hungarian for fast car, you know, yeah, that's right.
1: cabriolet <laughs> yeah. cabriolet man. And then, uh, so they head off to Vegas. Monty waves goodbye and, uh, warns them about the button in the glove box.
3: And then for all the credit we've been given Tommy Guerrero, it all goes away in this next yeah. part.
2: Oh yeah, the rap.
3: <laughs> the rap freestyle.
2: Which I would be able to recite till the day I die. I could like probably on my, probably on do it my too. deathbed. On, on my deathbed, you could don't ask me to <laughs> recite that.
1: I'm kind of blown away. Like they
2: actually took that car
1: and they all went to actually Las Vegas. Cause for a second you think, oh, it's just like some you know, like file footage of like the sunset, the strip or whatever, but they actually show them riding down Fremont street, like sitting in the car. And it's just like nothing else is actually takes place in Vegas, but they went there to get that like five second shot. I mean, yeah. they're pretty dedicated to the cause there.
2: Yeah. Cause the uh, blue tile lounge was in Los Angeles, right?
1: Yeah. It's um, it's an old like auto body shop and it's yeah. actually the same place where they held the premiere for future primitive, like the year before. So somehow they've had access to this building. Like we're going to throw a premiere, it's all spray painted out. And then, you know, we'll just turn it into a night, a nightclub for Johnny Rad. So they arrive at the Blue Tile Lounge and the bouncer gives them a hard time at first about getting in and that the bouncer is played by Skip Engbloom from uh, Dogtown and Santa Monica Airlines. And eventually Johnny comes out, gets him in and they have a little, before they uh, go into the gig, they have a little talk about searching, searching for Chin. Johnny Rad kind of like, he's the one where they kind of like clues you into, you know, the meaning of chin in in a way like,
3: yeah, I couldn't figure out why they picked this like out lounge singer to be the mentor, but, (laughs) but I bought into it, you know, because they're like, they're all, they're all like, he's the shit or whatever. I also, I don't know, I never like really nerded out about Johnny Rad until like a couple hours ago. I didn't know he was the I love you man guy in the Budweiser commercial. That's like, the Oh, I didn't nigga. know that. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And his name is in the bud though. The character in wow. the Budweiser ads name is also Johnny.
3: There's all the thrashing parallels, right? The car. Exactly. And then like, you know, in thrashing they go see the thrash bash chili peppers, right? That's what you imagine in your head. You're like, yeah, of course. You go to this weird warehouse and a punk band plays. instead it's like this like lounge lizard thing and like dudes are pogoing and notice is there it's like they're serving serving hors d'oeuvres off a board like it's just it was so um in one part you're like that's the sickest shit ever just anything like because you're a kid you don't get to do anything so it's like yeah but on the other part it was just so confusing and like i didn't understand really like I don't think I understood the gag of like Vegas culture being so young. I just thought it was ridiculous. And
1: I loved I loved all that stuff. I thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But Johnny's backup band is Dennis dragon on drums. And I think most of the other members of that uh, band surf punks, which is pretty interesting. And also in this part, you get Mike V first appearance in a Powell video. And you've also got, it's almost kind of set up to showcase, I think, the freestyle skaters a little bit. So you got Rodney and Kevin Harris and Nodis and Aaron Fingers Murray are in there. I just thought this scene was so cool. Like, does this is this a real thing? You know, you're trying to figure it all out. Like, is this somewhere I can really go? You know, it's just like trying to just live this skateboard world and this is what they're showing me and i kind of wanted to be a part of it you know
5: yeah
4: between that and like thrashing i really thought places like this existed in california like Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah there's like skate clubs because skateboarding is so big in california like (laughs) that's probably like
3: normal (laughs) i had like this one dude i skated with and his parents like he had the parents who didn't give a shit about anything. So that you're always like sleeping over his house because anything goes. He had the spray paint basement. So like when we got into skating, we went over all the heavy metal shit. We tried to have like a party down there and it just, it definitely wasn't as cool as this one. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the same vibe.
5: Yeah.
3: Bunch of like nerdy 12 year olds, like pogoing around with no, no other people, you know? Yeah. The energy just wasn't the same. <laughs>
1: the uh the closest i ever got i was at a show one time and in between bands um they were cranking suicidal tendencies and a handplant plant circle broke out inside the club <laughs> so that was the that was like the closest i ever wow, got wow yeah pretty cool and also during the scene i guess they were filming it late late at night cab almost quit or it was maybe even kicked off powell for a second because he didn't like some of the angles stacy was filming from and you know, it was his turn to go off the jump ramp and he was refusing and Stacy wanted him to go. And they, they kind of had some words and it was like, a, I quit. No, you're off kind of thing. It seemed like leading up to this point, they were kind of hard to work with. And then I guess that it, it got to this point and they were like, "Whoa, we better chill out and kind of just go with whatever Stacy's telling us. So I think the vibe kind of changed at some point in production. It's
3: It's funny, like for such like a upbeat like goofy thing that there's like there's actually like you could do like the true hollywood story about all the tension behind it of like infighting and whatnot and i thought it was funny that cab wanted to quit because everything i've read or heard from him is like the acting was his idea
0: yes like
3: like the whole idea to do this fucking thing was your idea and then you just maybe didn't know what it was going to take or that maybe Stacy was like taking it super seriously. Cause he's a director, you know, you're at a lounge lizard skate jam party and that's where you just, <laughs> that's a straw that broke the camel's back. So I thought that was funny. And also um, I always like that Johnny Rad has the unlit SIG Cause once again, like you can show kids a cigarette, but you cannot show it lit. Yep,
1: so, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love yeah. it.
2: You're right. I mean, as a kid, I didn't know, I had no way of like, you know, I didn't know what that was a play on, you know, Vegas nightlife lounge singer thing. I I wasn't aware of that. You know, I still thought it was, it was weird. Paul was sort of doing like, like we talked about earlier. They were, they were doing kind of a a reverence and irony kind of before Mm -hmm. it was really a mainstream thing to do. You know, they were, they were out there kind of doing that stuff that now it's real commonplace, you know, to have like, Oh, an ironic Mm -hmm. lounge singer thing or whatever. Back then it was like, it wasn't that common to do, to see stuff like that you know, in the, in the context of a skate video or something
3: to take it back to um, like the video store days, you know, like, which was such a big thing as a kid that was, you know, renting videos when I was younger is my first exposure to B movies and like, and Kentucky fried movie, which is like, it's all little, it's all satire. Right. And I probably didn't get half the jokes back then, but I got the ridiculousness of it. And that's kind of like the same thing with this video. Like, you know, we're, we're talking about it as adults and like, You know, I've gotten in trouble for saying stuff about Animal Chin's corny and people I've interviewed because they'd be like, specifically filmmakers have been like, what was your first skate video? I said Animal Chin. I'm like, it's kind of like a weird one. And they're like, why? That thing's awesome. And I think, you know, you tend to like want to downplay things when you're older because you're cool and you've seen it all. But as a kid watching it, I'm laughing in the same way that I'm watching Amazon Women on the Moon or like, I think that's what it was called. That's a perfect example. Yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 totally.
3: It's just like so over the top and not what you're used to seeing that it's it's going to stick in your brain i think like those are i think that's a good choice to just like go like they just went all in we're making a movie it's going to be like to larry's point like we're going to go to las vegas just to get some b-roll pretty much like yeah they went for it it's rad i mean i like
4: the skating in that scene because of nodus on the jump ramp the front side 360 one foot that's like insane and then like these like street plants and ho-hos and all that stuff. So I think like for me, definitely in that time period, because I'm like learning tricks and skateboarding, I was so like, just like, didn't care about the acting. I'm like, dude, I just want to get to the tricks. So like, <laughs> after I watched it through once, you know, everyone called it the vert button. Like I was just like fast forwarding all the corny acting stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop on the skate scenes. And like, that's it. And then fast forward all the other shit.
1: I like the part, they showed it a few times, like there's like the window and you know it's like somebody's legs coming up and grinding the <laughs> windowsill, but it's like yeah. the other guy's torso. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you even like come up with that? It's just like, yeah. just weird, funny stuff. The
4: Lance Mountain boneless was great because it, it felt like it was an extra extended boneless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plant the foot. And he's like, whoa but that's really how Jeff Phillips did his boneless yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Phillips like the best boneless ever you know like
1: so we get a couple songs from Johnny Rad and then we have another uh dialogue scene from the brigade and Johnny uh backstage where he kind of ends up spilling the beans like you really want to find chin I know I've heard about this ramp between two <laughs> junkyards and uh They give Johnny Rad the keys to the Cadillac and the boys head out skating off. There's kind of some more uh, voiceover from Johnny. Like, uh, you know, it's good to see the guys again. And then it's more kind of this talk where where they're kind of teaching you like, Oh, chin is, you know, this metaphor for, you know, having a good time and, you know, relax about your skating and have fun and try not to be so serious. So they're starting to peel back the layers a little bit on the animal chin character. But then they come across this giant uh, skate monolith up in the hills in the desert, and uh, that gives them the final clue, you know, like, oh, this, you know, they see Guadalupe on the board and a Chinese symbol, you know, they're like, oh, that's what Johnny Red was talking about, which way south, and then that's where they find the chin ramp. Seeing this animal chin ramp for the first time is, is a pretty wild experience you know, I don't know if, I guess, I don't know if this is like normal, if this is new and crazy. It's, I know, I just know that it looks awesome.
3: Well, if you think, if you go back to the Bakersfield ramp, like what I, what I noticed about that is um watching it now is like you take for granted, like ramps are so big now and they have been for like 20, 30 years. They're like super wide. And like, when you watch that ramp, it looks too small for Tony Hawk. Like a lot of a lot of contest ramps you would see him skate, just anyone bigger. It looks like it's almost hard for them to skate. It's not an advantage because it's like they're so tiny and like you could grind off it or whatever.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh yeah, the chin thing, the ramp is just you pretty much hadn't like the only thing I'd seen comparable was like that uh it had to be around the same time that that vision contest that was on TV yep. with like Hawk and Hussoy and like that ramp was that thing was out of fucking control it looked like wwe or something but this was like yeah it's like your dream it's a ramp it's a ramp you drew on your notebook at school if you're like what would the sickest ramp in the world be you know like they made it and i had no idea until recently that like that was all run and gun like that was just where they built the ramp with no permits was just some place that mcgill found
1: yeah that is super crazy that they were able to pull that (laughs) off
3: like could you imagine like they just built that shit illegally. And then some dude rolls up, like, what are you doing? And Stacy was like, Oh, we're, we're filming like an anti-drug movie with the skateboarders. (laughs) Like, and they got off like, that's pretty badass. Yeah.
1: He tricks them,
3: (laughs) but that could easily
1: have not worked. And this guy's just like, I'm bulldozing this ramp. Get off my property.
2: You know? Yeah. It's pretty crazy
3: that they paid like 10 G's for back then. That's like 40 G's now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, easy. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely remember seeing that ramp when they kind of show it from that one viewpoint where you can kind of see the whole thing, you know, when they get to the, they're like, it's a dueling you or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. They say something like that. But like, I remember seeing that and going like, as a kid, all of our, uh, for the first time, like all of us sitting around watching it, we're like, oh my God. You know what (laughs) I mean? It it was like, you couldn't even take it all in the mini ramp on the deck. And the, I mean, it was crazy. It was like, it definitely did. It's job in that regard for me and like my crew, which was to just like inspire complete shock. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Now that I'm thinking about it, I guess I kind of knew because Transworld had that ramp locals article, almost like a 12 page, like how they built the ramp and photos and stuff. So you kind of knew it was coming and they're, you know, they're running ads and stuff. So you knew the video was coming but could you imagine being like Vision or Santa Cruz and being like, dude, Transworld just gave Powell this free 12 page ad
2: for their video. Like I'd be freaking out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't know about that. I, the, the video was the first place I saw that ramp.
3: I guess the other thing contextually to think of is like, this is a period in skateboarding where there aren't many big parks anywhere anymore, you know, like they're there's some indoor wooden parks. There's still some outdoors that are survived, but like for the average kid, like you might not even know anyone who has a half pipe. There's no public skate parks. There's not like, you know, McPrefab Park in every town. And so like, it was kind of a crazy thing that like the ramp itself is like a character in the <laughs> in the video, you know, just as much as like Tony and Cab, the ramp itself was such a big deal that it was a character and it, it got a, Ten-page spread or whatever.
4: No, no, the ramp is insane because I've been. Have any of you guys been to the replica at Woodward?
1: No. no, no. I asked to go with you, but you pretended uh, to not know anything about it. Uh, <laughs> it was so secretive. Like
4: I know, I, I know. Yeah, I know. don't worry about it. I'm just joking. Totally yeah. Now. And like even the footage I shot, I had to give the Stacy right away. It took like my memory cards. Like you know, it was like a whole secret ordeal. and i got to skate it and i was like oh man this is like gnarly because there's not one part of the ramp that's like a back and forth like Mm -hmm. normal wall to wall like there's there's the
1: obstacle like everywhere kind of thing yeah
4: and for me personally because i suck at ramp i just need some part of it just to be back and forth so you could do like a setup trick you know Mm -hmm. like there's nowhere easy on that ramp to set up anything and I hate a spine ramp. It could be a foot high or 12 foot high. It's all super hard. And I can't imagine going over a vert spine. Like that shit to me is insane. And even the little mini ramp that's on the deck, it's the tightest transition. Like that's like not even fun. Cause I was like, oh, you know, at least I'll get to skate this. And I was like, nope. <laughs> and so, like, so like, yeah, that chin ramp is like, it's like next level.
1: Vern, you mentioned the vert spine so this is like the first time that had been done and i don't even think they knew it was gonna you know they're envisioning them being able to like air over it but they're not even really sure if that's gonna work
5: yeah, <laughs> but luckily an luckily
1: it worked out oh, yeah they yeah. had to go like on an angle yeah because you can yeah. hear him talking about that later on the campfire scene
3: i i think uh the one thing about this section if we're Getting into it is. I was like, I don't remember it being like twenty minutes. Like
1: <laughs> this section like is like a, it's four songs long. Yeah, it's long, dude.
3: Yeah, it could yeah. be an entire video. And like again, like I think like the context is interesting. That like they never not only was there a ramp like this not ever built or like a vert spine ever built, so that means like everything they're doing is NBD. Like the yeah. whole session is NBDs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love seeing uh, Tommy Guerrero ride it. Like he he's yeah. ripping just as much as those other guys. It's awesome to see because, you know, he's kind of being, you know, marketed as a street skater, but, you know, he can rip anything. So it was like awesome and kind of surprising to see that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got Andrax and, you know, slob airs, mute airs, you know, oh. Ollie's over the Chanel, as he would call it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: i still call it a chanel
1: i do that. To, yeah see dude we got okay. Vern
4: took something from Shannon I took chan it. It. but uh yeah i mean tommy even skated the pool the pink motel like that mm-hmm. yep that's that true
2: it. on the uh the spine though the double mctwist like the mctwists on either side at the same oh, time yeah. and the, yeah. the slapping the tails and, and stuff slapping like
4: tails in the oh, air oh
2: god that yeah. ship is so cool man like how because how long did they film this this part it was a two or three days right i don't know three or four but i know that once it was completed
1: the first day they filmed you know because lance was one of the builder constructor guys he went home and him and his wife went to disneyland the first day they were filming he's just like took a day off went to disneyland and then came back the next day and went to the session you guys probably know what i'm talking about the lean air he does a lean, like he's kind of like near the the edge of the ramp he does a lean air over the channel up the extension to five Oh grind up on the extension. That's like super sick. That's one of the craziest things in there, but some of the, you know, like Anthony was saying, these are all like never been done, but the the pacing and the editing is like so quick. You're not even comprehending a lot of the stuff that you're seeing, you know?
3: Oh yeah. It's a rewatcher for sure. Especially then because you probably not only had you not seen those tricks before, you probably haven't seen a lot of tricks, period. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's funny to think about that. Like, if you start skating, and this isn't like some, I'm not like shaking my hand at a cloud or nothing, but like, if you start skating tomorrow, you're plugged in. Your phone is telling you what to follow. You're like, oh, okay, cool. It doesn't mean it's cool, but you can see the thing right away but like you even think like we used to learn tricks from sequences which is wild to me (laughs) yeah you know you know because like you're not even getting like i remember when uh when the pressure flip came out and i think there was like a cover a trans world cover where they had a sequence of one you didn't understand like even though the name tells you what it is pressure right Mm -hmm. you don't get that scoop no one could figure it out till they saw it on video and they're like oh that's where you put your foot you know so this stuff like even uh even because that's the first time I saw a McTwist was in this video, and it looked totally different. I'm like, that's more like a fucking backflip. Like, it wasn't what I imagined, you know? So everything, like, you're engaging with it totally differently because it's it's the first time you're seeing, like, anything like that done. It, it Like, you're almost marveling at it being possible. Like, I, I was even tripping watching it again a couple times. I was like, they don't get enough credit for how good that part is and how advanced it was and how... Like everyone, it was one of those sessions where where I'm sure it was filmed over several sessions, but you could tell they're all pushing each other. Oh, yeah. Like we're going to do the best. We're not only are we the best, we're going to do the best shit ever. And we're going to make this section is going to be the best shit that's ever been done. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was.
1: Yeah, it trips me out. Like we said, like, this is the first section that they filmed. I just almost can't even comprehend. Like, you know, they're in San Francisco filming that part, but they've already done this chin wrap part it's just like it trips me it trips me out dude
4: well everything else is easy now they got the hard shit out of <laughs> yeah, the way yeah that's, it's true. Like, that's true that's true all filler we got the enders you got yeah. the enders <laughs> going some
3: lines they're good yeah. Yeah.
1: and i feel like in the you know like the the previous two powell videos they're kind of figuring out the format and the only thing they didn't have in the first two is like the big ender ender part like video show ends with i think a couple contest runs and then future primitive is weird. It kind of just fizzle fizzles out at the end and there's no real, like big banger, you know, ender part. And then now chin, you know, finally gets that. So they've yeah. kind of completed the, the, you know, the format of a skate video with the, with this one.
2: I can't remember if there was a reason for this, but uh, Tony Hawk is absent from the last little bit of the chin video of the chin wrap video. Like from when they do that deer crossing. Oh, really? He's not, he's not there. Hmm. He's, he's not in that video. He doesn't do any of that part where they're skating through. There's no hawk. There's no
1: hawk. Huh? I wonder why.
2: I don't know if it was a, if he got hurt or if he had to bounce, you know, bounce or something like that. Leave a day early or something. Yeah. But uh, he's not in that. He's not in
1: that part at all. You know, not just doubles, but triples and quadruple runs that they do towards the end is all pretty crazy.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, all that stuff. And you could yeah. tell that they had just spent three days skating this ramp and were just getting so comfortable, you know, with it. And they're coming up with shit and doing, you know, like I said, like the slap slapping the tails thing, mm-hmm. yeah, like so incredible. Like I couldn't believe what I was seeing when I was a kid. And like, do they actually just do that? <laughs> Watching it on my little 18 inch black and white TV with my <laughs> VCR plugged into it, like looking slap their tails
3: that whole section i was like man cab is fucking on one in this thing everything he's doing is so proper and so boosted and so advanced for the time like super it's almost like a he's almost like an amalgamation of like like tony and Hassoi. like he's super technically gifted but he's like super stylish and smooth like it's like he's really got this very unique blend, and his all his stuff stood out in there. And that like that finger flip would have been like one of the gnarliest things, and they don't show the whole shit. So.
2: Yeah, I think they come in. It comes in like mid mid trick, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, like where he's just kind of coming out of it. Yeah, I know what you're
4: talking. Maybe about. Maybe somebody was late to hit record, man. You know, yeah,
1: <laughs> one shot,
4: man. He rever- he's a real he, he was a real reverse film.
1: filmer. Yeah, I think it's pretty impressive that they held. You know, the idea was like, we're going to after we're done filming, we're going to just tear this thing down, you know, but I almost feel like at some point, you know, and the say it's like day three, you know, being like, maybe we shouldn't tear this is too much fun, you know, like, maybe we can just disassemble it and put it somewhere else or whatever, but no, they just tore this thing down. I don't think they, they tore
2: it down. Did they? I, they thought, they le- to, I thought they I left know. it there. And maybe I'm wrong. Like the I property thought, owner I just thought came that the by property owners came and just demolished it. Wow, oh, yeah. Know. I'll
1: have to ask, ask about that. So after the ramp scene, uh the boys are camping out, discussing their search for Chin. Like, and they kind of come to the conclusion that you know, now they're fully realizing, you know, hey, we had so much fun, we've we've found Chin, but let's keep looking for for him. You know, they kind of debate you know, like, oh, how long should we keep looking? Two years. And Tony's like, Well, I want to go home and eat some dinner and <laughs> You get a little more Johnny Rad voiceover and uh, then we, and then that's it. You know, we get the closing credits, which there's a lot of kind of like hidden little comedy nuggets in there with the, uh, with the, in in the credits.
3: At this point, this video, like, like you said, Larry, like it's like the most documented of all time. It's one of the most celebrated it's, it's like, it's the do a kickflip of skate videos. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. For, for, several generations and uh like i was just zooming out and thinking about it now i'm like if this video came out today like take the um take like how people would interpret the skits or whatever like just take that out if a video came out with an ambiguous ending where like you actually don't find chin it's kind of like the ending of the sopranos or something people would be so fucking pissed off like people wouldn't <laughs> be celebrating it You're like didn't even fucking find chin like spoiler alert like <laughs> people are like they we love like an ending like think of all these tv shows like the last game of thrones like people talk about it for fucking months and always so unsatisfied and i remember being like a kid like this is a big build up to see finally see this video that i was told is like the be all end all you're going to be so psyched there's this ramp in it and you watch it and you're like you leave totally satisfied and also like i think kind of the um yeah there's the metaphor that's like we all get it and that's cool but what i think it did for a lot of kids is it gave you this idea that there's always a new spot out there and like you're not going to find your wallows but you, you're going to find something new as long as you're skateboarding. So like I found something new in my neighborhood the other day, as long as you're riding a skateboard, you're going to find something new that makes you feel like you found that ramp. (laughs) And that's like the the most badass shit. Like it changes with your skill level. Like you just might find a curb that grinds really well or whatever your, your homie builds like a really nice mini ramp, whatever. It's still going to give you that feeling that you're always chasing, which is like why we're at our age now, you know, on a Sunday afternoon on zoom talking about skateboarding. Cause you're chasing, you're chasing that thing. And like, I think that's, that's kind of like what they really nailed. They really nailed the spirit of there's as long as you're passionate about this thing, as long as you're looking for it, you'll find it. I don't know, not to be like, not for me to be corny, but that kind of was like my takeaway from it that got me really psyched.
2: Not the destination. It's the journey you know thing i mean it it really is it's like that it's that basically but escape video
3: i have that sticker on my uh my kia
1: (laughs) (laughs) anthony kind of bouncing off what you were saying you know you'd like you get with your buddies and you can go search out new spots and stuff i think stacy was really good at like he takes these five guys right and like sends them on this adventure like out into the streets where in a way he kind of takes that idea and puts it in the the next upcoming videos like let me take these four or five guys and just put them in this segment like you have the rubber boys where you mm-hmm. can kind of see yourself like oh this is me and my buddies out skating or the you know the Santa Barbara boys and then in band this you have the LA boys so the, you know they're kind of like maybe taking the idea of you know these guys in animal chin and kind of in a way like interspersing that kind of friendship unity vibe into these other parts
3: that's super interesting because I mean, I think for probably an entire generation of people, that Rubber Boys thing was the game changer,
1: right? Dude, it, was it was for was... me. <laughs> yeah. You're looking at the example right here, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: that was it. That's that's to me, like that's the the holy grail.
1: couple more quick questions before we wrap this up. Maybe we've kind of already touched this on this a little bit overall, but what is the legacy of Animal Chin in the year 2022?
4: I'll have to go find animal chin as soon as I've wrapped this up, man. I got <laughs> out here waiting for me. He's like been blowing up my phone. Like, are you done? Like, <laughs> And the thing is with, with Steve young, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He skated for American dream back in the day from Atlanta. I have no idea how old this dude is. Like I, I'm claiming he's 50, he's 60 cause he doesn't age. And we're still going to go out and like shred something right now for like a couple hours as we still got a couple hours of daylight. And it's like, that's what we're doing on a Sunday. We're old as fuck and we're going to go skate something and film each other. And that's us finding chin. Cause that's what we were doing back in the day, man. Like we find chin every time I'm on the skateboard, son. Like, oh, <laughs> nice. chin.
2: I love it. I love well, it. you know, what's, what's so funny is that like, if you watch, you know, the beginning of chin, I think they they say he's a 62 year old skater. And when you're a kid, you, you, you hear that. And that sounds so ridiculous. Yeah. Completely absurd. But like, as we sit here right now, talking like Tony Alva is older than animal chin was. (laughs) (laughs) And he's, and the dude's literally still out there, you know, draining pools and stuff and skating. So it's like, in in a way, the chin thing has almost become like a self-fulfilling Prophecy in a way, like you you're seeing it right now in real life play yeah. out. You know, you're seeing how far can you push it into old age, you know what I mean? Or you know, not old age, but you know, as, as you get old age, we're old. Yeah. How how long can you know, but yeah, <laughs> what's gonna stop Tony, Tony Alva Alvin from doing this 10 years from now? Like maybe nothing, you know. I I just think it's interesting to think about the amount of people that are approaching animal chin's age <laughs> yeah. that we that were in that video. I mean, how old's Mountain? He's gotta be getting
4: uh you know. he's in his fifties.
2: Yeah. So I mean, you know, Stacey Peralta's probably Animal Chin's right. age. <laughs> but I think it's just cool that like um it's sort of in a weird way introduced the idea of like you never have to stop doing this. It's almost like a fountain of youth thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the idea of of a of an of an older skater like that seems so completely insane in 1987, but you as you get older, you're like, Oh yeah, no, like that's legit like animal chin could have been real.
3: <laughs> real a skater that had a driver's license to me at 12 was crazy
2: yeah exactly <laughs> you know what I mean
3: yeah. well
2: yeah I mean dudes were, were retiring you know they were being you know pushed out of the sport when they were in their early 20s because they were they skated vert and that wasn't cool anymore you know and they were considered dinosaurs so I don't know I think that to me is like that to me is the take The biggest takeaway, like aside from just having fun with your friends, it's like, yeah, there really is no, the only thing stopping you from doing it as long as you want to do it, circumstances, not what's, you know, getting a car accident or something, that's totally different thing, but you can just kind of do it as long as you want.
3: I completely agree with what you're saying. And then I think like another way to look at it is this video, like introduced It was kind of like the pinnacle of the skits and stuff that like you know they'd later be in like powell videos or whatever but you think of like the mark they made on someone like spike jones who like his whole idea right like not even just in skateboarding like spike jones is an (laughs) award-winning director multimedia designs stage sets like the he does everything but like when basically the coolest people in skateboarding wanted to start a company they broke away from World Industries and wanted to do something more like Powell in a way. Right. And so Girl Forms, and like the first thing they do is the Goldfish video that has skits, including a fucking pogo skit with Lance. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, these are the coolest dudes. And they like at that time, coolest people in skateboarding, in my opinion. I think most people would say like the, they were the elite and they leaned into sort of like this video like the spirit of this video with that skit the parallel and i think that's and I had, uh
1: did the jump ramp part
3: yep i think that's an important thing to think about is like we can make fun of it we can joke we even the people who are in it see the corniness in it but then also there's this influence of like wait a minute this is a way we can push the medium and do something different and like girl still does these irreverent skits and like off the wall shit to this day like bunny hop the intro is like 12 minutes, <laughs> you know? So
5: mm-hmm.
3: I, I think it's cool. Like, I don't think that my, my shorter point is that I don't think you would have a lot of things we have now without this video.
4: Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I just feel like Spike escalated the skits, mm-hmm. uh, maybe had a few more resources. And uh, it seems crazy, like, with the skits, because, like, every girl chocolate video, the skits got better. Mm-hmm. And Want a while, try Chocolate Pal. If you want a while, try Chocolate (laughs) Pal. Like, that shit is in my head. Like, for some reason, that doesn't seem so corny to me. Mike York in like a little 70s outfit, (laughs) Chocolate Pal, somehow seems like cool to me, even though it's just as corny as like the animal chin shit. (laughs) Yeah. But maybe it's because they were like more of my peers, because now I'm like, I'm like more friends with these guys. Like, back then like the bones brigade guys they were like these elite superstars to me that shit's like robert de niro of like skateboarding you know what i mean yeah yeah. i'm like next level like you know like when i think of tony hawk still kind of when i think of tony hawk i'm like dude he's like on some other level
3: i mean if this thing if there was like an edited version that played on night flight or something it would be even more you know what i mean like everyone in the world would know it like it just didn't have any distribution, you know, yeah. other than like literally just skate shops, you know, like for something, for something that was never shown on TV yeah. <laughs> to be that, to be that like omnipresent where it's like every single, like we're, it's funny, we're getting to the age where like, if you think of like, uh, we're getting to the age where like a Beto O'Rourke, yeah. you know, could wow. could yeah. like people in politics have seen animals, you <laughs> That's know, true. yeah, Looking wild.
1: Yeah. It's 35, 35 years old. That's pretty crazy. All right. Should we, should we shut this down? For sure. All right. Thank you so much guys. So there you have it. The search for animal chin. Uh, Thanks again to Vern and Anthony for joining us. Super awesome. I've already thought about so many other things I want to mention on the video, but we'll have to save those for next time because spoiler alert, this is not the only time. We're going to do an episode on the search for animal chin. We have another one coming up in the future, but Matt, I hear we got the bones brigade audio show mailbag.
2: We got a few emails this week. We do, man. This is, this is the part that we've all been waiting for (laughs) the mailbag. We do. We have, we have a few, a few pieces of feedback, a few little bits of, uh, you know, love and adulation from the fans. So I'll read them here. We got Andrew R. from Long Beach, California. He says, Yo, rad show. I never even knew about the skateboarding in the 80s video before listening to your episode. Larry, just FYI, you have heard Ultravox before. Sean and I used to listen to their Ha 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 album back in the day when we all worked together at Revelation Records. Looking forward to the next episode. So...
1: Awesome. Thank you, Andrew, for writing in. Yeah, Andrew's an old co worker of, of mine. And uh, I guess I didn't realize I was listening to Ultravox at the time. <laughs>
2: but but to... another an- another person who didn't know about skateboarding in the 80s. I know.
1: I was just about to comment. Yeah. We yeah. are like exposing this video like crazy to a new yeah. audience. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also, Ultravox come, comes back once again to, well, yeah. um, to <laughs> haunt you. us. Yeah.
2: Haunt your words. Man. You could go back and and, uh, just take that back, you know? I know. Just one little blooper set off the whole thing. All right. So Tim S. from Miami. Hi, guys. Loving the show. I just finished the episode on Future Primitive, and it gave me an entirely brand new appreciation for that video. You guys are unlocking so much stuff I didn't know about. Can't wait for ban this. That's my favorite. So thank you, Tim.
1: Yeah, thanks you so much, Tim.
2: I can't wait for ban this, too.
1: Yeah, I can't either, just because... uh... You've got some stories to tell. We'll I, I, just, yeah, uh, I
2: guess so. We have some insider info on that one. Yeah. I mean, not not really insider, but some fun, Some fun yeah. stuff for sure. Yeah. So that'll be fun for sure. Um, And then we got another California boy, Joe from Sacramento. Matt and Larry, you guys are killing it. Your guests so far have been killing it. Bring on Animal Chin. Your wish is granted. Yep. Have you guys thought about starting a Patreon yet? I'd throw a few bucks your way. Well,
1: actually, yes, because I really, yeah, I really don't know too much about it, but I actually was looking around the Patreon website a couple nights ago and uh, started reading up and exactly what it's all about. So I think we will have one in the future. I just got to finish setting that up and decide what we want our tiers to be and what kind of, you know, bonus content we're providing the people that end up, you know, Helping uh, fuel the show, so to speak,
2: Hatrian eyes,
1: yeah. so yeah. I think we'll have that in the future
2: for sure, yeah, definitely. And if you guys um, you know, I mean, I guess I would say like if anybody has suggestions for stuff that they would like to see or hear, throw them our way. I mean, we're, you know, stickers or bonus content or me and Larry talking about Volterra, you know, and whatever, man, like, yeah, basement skate shops, basement skate shops. we can we can talk about it. Definitely for, for sure. All right.
1: Was that all the, all the emails? That was it. That's it for this week. Thank all you all right.
2: for, uh, for writing in and for the feedback. We very much appreciate it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, if you want to email us, just go to our website at the bones brigade And you can go to our contact page and uh, send us an email through there and we will read them on a future show. So I think we're going to shut this down. Matt, anything else
2: to toss in? No man, I I don't. I'm I'm uh I'm pretty worn out from this. This is this was an epic one, and yeah, uh, for sure, it was it was a uh, amazing ride to yeah. to get here. And there's plenty more cool stuff to come. So yeah, uh, that's happy it. birthday again to
1: the search yeah. for Animal
2: Chin. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk real quick. How old would Animal Chin be now? He he was sixty two in nineteen
1: eighty seven. Okay, and now it's thirty five years later. Uh, nine
2: ninety seven.
1: 97 wow animal
2: chin so maybe in three years we have a hundredth birthday 100th birthday bash for animal chin definitely we'll get a cake yep yep he's still out there ripping you would not even believe how rad he still is and twirls (laughs) perfect man perfect way to end the episode i can't
1: even subscribe all right until next time i'm larry i'm matt reminding you to never stop searching for chin